You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. And I'm Scott Galloway. Kara, ask me what my mood is. What's your mood? Kara. What? My mood is not good. Why? It's not great. It's disco, Kara. <laughs> That's right. Those monopolies, those job-destroying sociopaths and their billion-dollar beards. Well, guess what? The greatest source of good in the history of mankind, last name Sam, first man uncle, is coming for their bitch asses. As Tony Montagna said, say hello to my little friend. That's right. What is his little friend? As Robin no Williams, guns, I hope. As Robin Williams said to Robert De Niro in Awakenings, fantastic Oh, my film, God, we're going to get all the when movies? When he woke up from a coma, ahead. when he woke up from a coma, Welcome back, FTC and DOJ. Welcome back. As Jeff Ehrenberg said to me in the shower in the ninth grade after PE when he pointed down and he said, what are those? And I said, testicles. (laughs) And he said, well, why don't you use them? Fantastic. The FTC and the DOJ have looked at each other and they've said, I don't know. What are those? Let's use them. Welcome back, DOJ. Welcome back, FTC. We have to compare it to a penis. Okay. All right. It's just a law, antitrust laws, all kinds of investigatory subpoenas. And I know that you're going to make some word thing with that. But it's not a subpoena. It's a subpoena. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> You're learning. Thank you. You're learning. Honestly, You're learning. You drag me down into the like d- d- so dirt. Wait, I'm so classy. Up, how pathetic is it that that is the best thing that happened to me this week? Oh, my God. No, we had a book party for you, Scott. I no, traveled to New that. York to go to your you book did. party thank you. and have lunch thank with you. you. It was nice. That was very nice. I appreciate that. But back to Back to this. All right. Regulation. Explain for the people what's happening. And I wrote a column. You insulted. You did. You did. Well, first off, not a lot has happened, right. but the, this is strange, right? The DOJ and the FTC have gone on background, as far as I can tell, to basically say, all right, this is how we're we're dividing and conquering. The FTC is going to take on Facebook and Amazon, and the DOJ is going to go after Google. And then you wrote an article and summarize what kind of your basic points there. You're sort of not a, I don't want to say you're not a fan of this, but you have some concerns. Because they've been in a coma. So what's, why now? It's like all the politicians jump on now. It's a good, you know, soundbite thing. And I was like wondering what they've been doing while these companies have gathered power. And I found a column I wrote a decade ago warning them of this. So I'm sort of like wondering why they suddenly are paying attention and it worries me that they're going to be too draconian or not do it right. And I don't mean to say there shouldn't be regulation at all. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's a big mm-hmm. difference, though, between regulation and antitrust, right? Right, or, right. Uh, antitrust is a That's form of I regulation. Yeah. But uh, antitrust would, uh, you know, in my view, we've talked a lot about this, solve a lot of the problems, right? Mm-hmm. So. I think the way you solve a lot of the privacy, a lot of the weaponization of these platforms, a lot of the job destruction is by turning Google into its own entity. And in the first strategy meeting of Google as an independent or YouTube as an independent company, they say, I know, let's get into search. And overnight, we have another player, maybe 20 or 30 percent share in the same 
meeting at Google, they say, I know, let's get into video. And maybe one of them decides as a means of differentiating from the other, we're going to go ahead and make this a safe place for your teenagers. We're going right. to go ahead and decide and come out of the closet as what we've been all along, and that is a media company. And we're going to, in fact, have some editorial discretion and decide when people start calling people fags or when they start saying things like someone that white nationalists aren't that bad, that we're just going to go ahead and pull that content down and and deal with the ramifications. And so this, I think a lot of the answers, not all of them, but 60 to 70 percent come from competition and the DOJ and FTC, it's their job to ensure that happens. So I'm, I'm actually... Really optimistic you, around this. Give your, you gave an argument yesterday when we were on the Twitter about yep. why more breaking these things up. I'm a little bit nervous about that, too. You're on the Elizabeth yep. Warren uh, train on that one. No, she's on my train, boss. Oh, all right. No. She's literally on no. my train. No. She's I would, literally uh, like a small portion of her brain is smarter than the both of us put together. But move along. That's a fair point. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. So what was the point you asked You were me talking make? about breaking them up creates economic opportunity for these companies yeah. and their investors. Well, the markets got it wrong mm-hmm. uh, when, you know, when this was announced earlier in the week, yeah. the big tech combined shed about somewhere between 70 and, a, I don't know, $90 billion of market capitalization. And if you were to look empirically at what happens when these companies get busted up, we inherently or almost always find that in Bell Labs, when AT&T got broken up, they were suppressing and sequestering data and optics and sell from the core business because they didn't need to because they were a monopoly. Mm -hmm. So PayPal is now worth a lot more than eBay. The aluminum companies were worth a lot more separated than they were as these small, you know, kind of duopolies or oligopolies. So the market's got it wrong. The greatest, I think one of the greatest creations in shareholder value is going to happen over the next, and I'm already skipping my prediction, but I think over the next 90 to 180 days, Mm-hmm. Smart analysts are going to start to get their pencils out and realize that the sum of the the whole here is less than the sum of its parts, and that AWS on its own is one of the ten most valuable companies in the I world. See. YouTube gets more innovative. That Instagram and WhatsApp are going to be incredibly valuable companies, and the shareholders of the recently broken up companies will own large components of these. Right. These new so you spins. think it's so, economically a good idea to break them all up? Just the, but the, the I, focus I is mostly on Google and Facebook, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Jason Del Rey in Recode had a nice scoop about exactly what the FTC was pursuing with regards to Amazon, which are three lines of questioning, whether it leads to anything, who knows, about uh, fulfillment, um, which we've talked about competing against its own sellers and uh, the prime bundling. Which are, you know, Amazon has the argument that they're not the biggest retailer by any stretch. Um, by yep. by by, if you put the whole market together, so talk a little bit about Amazon because those that's a company you 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 do hold in high regard, but you also have worries about. Yeah, the number one recruiter out of my class, super mm-hmm. smart people. I've owned their stock for ten years, um, but absolutely should be broken up. The the question is whether or not so AWS is an uh, I think an, an obvious spin. one. That's an easy spin, and I think Jeff Bezos, who's sort of you know along the lines of Elizabeth Warren, going to forget more about business strategy than any of us are ever going to know. Mm-hmm. He, I think he'll prophylactically spin AWS and be able to say, "Look, I'm breaking myself up, hands off." I think the probably the better thing for competition would be as you referenced, and actually this is Roger McNamee's mm-hmm. um, notion, is that they need to get out of the private label business, that they shouldn't be competing with their partners, yeah. even though Macy's, JCPenney's, Sears have all done this. Just no one does it as well as Amazon and can swap someone out of a brand. Once they figure it out, yeah, with their data. 
You want Energizer or Duracell batteries? No, we're going to run a conquest out above that telling you buy Amazon basics or elements batteries for a third of the price. That's but a anyway, big part of their business. I do, I do that at Whole Foods too. It's, they give you yeah. uh, cheaper prices on the Whole Food brands, you know, and they're yeah. copies right next to the brand you might buy. But I think what they, I think the more effective spin, or if the DOJ or FTC were going to try and restore competition, would be probably to um, force them to spin or create a separate company of Amazon fulfillment. So lo- logistics. Because, yeah, overnight they become a competitor of FedEx and UPS, and which they, they are right now, or they're yeah, getting. They to are, be. and they're moving that way. And then, because effectively, you know, what you have is you have a company that is kind of full funnel, has the rails, has the train cars, and now has the end retailer and is using all of those things to their advantage and killing everyone else along the way. Right. Amazon will be interesting. And then you brought up uh, yesterday that it probably doesn't work for Apple. Yeah. Uh, It's probably should be regulation, not antitrust, because the elegant, elegant antitrust is that you oxygenate the marketplace, you create a more competitive marketplace, but you unleash shareholder value. And that is post the breakup. Mm -hmm. Uh, at least in the medium and the long term, the shareholders benefit. That's the best type of antitrust. Really, the only losers here, shareholders win, employees win, VC-backed startups win, there's more M&A, the markets win, there's more competition, there's Mm -hmm. more innovation. The only ones that lose here are the CEOs who are no longer reigning over the seven realms, they're just reigning over Westeros. Right, but you call them a conglomerate. They're all, they're not quite the way we think of conglomerates because like Gulf and Eastern own like nine different businesses or you know, any of these things were constructed differently. Yeah, but they're getting there. I right. mean, if you look at, you know, YouTube, Google, Waze, you know, Waymo or whatever it is, some of their efforts, if you look at the different businesses Amazon is getting into, Facebook owns arguably the three largest communications backbones mm-hmm. in the world. And these are multi, you know, multi-brand, multi, and all of these companies are bigger than some, you know, you could take these four companies and spin them into 10 or 11, and those 10 or 11 would probably be 10 or 11. 11. That's a lot of CEOs. Maybe some women could become CEOs. That would be nice. Yeah, but Alphabet kind of did it to themselves as a retention strategy. They said, oh, let's make Google, call him CEO of Google so we can retain him. And then he doesn't go somewhere else. So actually, you end up holding on to people because the other thing that's really killing innovation here is these companies acquire a company. Mm -hmm. And the best thing is, is that it works out. And, but the second best thing is it dies and they cauterize that branch that could have become a competitor. Right. And then Jan Coombe and Kevin Systrom, because of these onerous non-competes and non-solicits that they were paid up a ton of money for, that line of innovation of a young person who has another 30 or 40 years of driving economic value, he's basically dead and gone from the corporate yeah. world. Yep. It is very hard yep. for them to do anything. Yeah. So I, I think this is an all-around win. I'm really hopeful if they don't – I mean, don't break my heart, FTC They're break and DOJ. You think they're going to break our hearts? Break their heart. They you don't think anything's going to happen? I think they're just. They're just. I just wonder what caused them right now to do it. That's. I want to. I want. I'd like some great reporting done by whoever covers the FTC. Like what happened now when they've been so slow? And you know, most of the stuff they did around Facebook, around the consent degree, they didn't. It's just. It didn't work. So they might have to be pumped drastic. I think. I think that's one of those calls where you can only call your mother when you're promoted on the desk covering the FTC. You're like, Mom, I just got a new assignment. I'm covering the FTC. Oh, that's great, honey. What's the FTC? 
But anyways, so and by does, the way, there hasn't been a lot of news just, there. Why, the, the, the tech people, there was a good story in the Times today about how they're loading up on lobbyists, which they already were. Yeah. Like, it was nothing new, um, but they're really loading up. The, the chief of staff of Nancy Pelosi is now Facebook's North America policy person here in oh, Washington. He was sitting right behind Mark at one of the hearings. Um, so they're really loading up on power lobbyists, essentially. Well, Amazon's about to cross triple digits in terms of their lobbyists. Mm-hmm. Their fastest growing expense line is a, as in terms of growth isn't cloud, it isn't R&D, it's lobbying. Yeah. So that'll These be an interesting have, battle of it will be. lobbying it will be. people. Jeff's house is coming along very nicely, by the way. Indeed. That's good to know. Well, he just spent $60 million on a total man cave like bachelor pad here in New York. Man, well, he can do that. Good for him. Good for him. Good for him. him. All right, two more. One was Trump. He suggested a boycott of one of the country's largest telecommunications firms, AT&T, because of CNN, which he hates, fake news, blah, blah, blah. And then AT&T and stock did very well, so it didn't seem to work. Yeah, it doesn't. It's It's it's, over, right? He's overusing it. Yeah, these these attacks on individual companies— are not only inappropriate and ineffective, they're socialist. Mm-hmm. And that is... Oh, talk, tell them that. You had that rant yesterday. Talk about rant, your socialist. Yeah. You think he's a socialist. Well, there's all this. Uh, so I went on Fox, I told you a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago, and they were having Socialism versus Capitalism Week, which I think is hilarious. And by the way, I didn't get the final <laughs> results, but something tells me capitalism worked. And they like to paint the left as socialist, but the yeah. reality is socialism is, you know, the state controls the means of production and then divvies up the spoil. So when... Donald Trump is bullying a company or an air conditioning company into creating more jobs or bringing jobs back to to Michigan. That's socialism. Child labor laws are socialism. Minimum wage is socialism. Everybody is on a spectrum. Every economy is on a spectrum. And what you have the worst with Trump is you have the worst kind of socialism, and that is you have cronyism. Tariffs are highly socialist. Yeah. I mean, that is that is okay. We're going to punish certain industries and not other. But yeah, he's definitely. Um, He's definitely wading into those waters. And the notion that we can start telling companies how to behave, and quite frankly, I didn't think it was appropriate for Bernie Sanders to show up at the Walmart annual shareholder meeting. I just thought that was plain and simple grandstanding. Yeah. But look, this is socialism when the president and the senator from Vermont start deciding to pick individual companies to go after. What they're supposed to do is govern and create laws. Mm -hmm. You know, that that create a more robust ecosystem for all of us. But yeah, anyways, I think I think that is socialist. So socialist. Socialist. I was go. just noticing that uh, um Nancy Pelosi is telling the Democrats she wants to see Trump in prison. So she's um I didn't see stepping that stepping up her thing. It's gonna get very pretty in the next thing. The next but then thing. how could you discern his hair from his outfit? That's true. But he was also attacking Bette Midler from London after he visited the Queen. The whole Bette thing. Bette Midler? Is just, Who doesn't like Bette Midler? He was, went off on her on, twi- on the Twitter because she made a mistake or something, some dumb mistake. I think she's an excellent Twitterer, by the way, Bette Midler. She's really funny. What's the movie where her friend dies? Oh, my God. Oh, that was oh the Wings. Oh, Wings, hearts, souls. Yes, it's a it's a good movie. She's good in everything she does. I don't. I love her piano player when she started out. What? Oh, at a gay bar, gay bath, no gay bath. No, no, no. One of the great, like one of the most underrated uh, stars, incredible uh, touring performer. Yeah, Barry Manilow. That's right. That's right. He was her pianist. So it was a very good pair of them doing that. The gays are in front of everything. Just so you know, just know Scott. 
Good to know. Good to know. Good to know. Define everything. Everything. And now the lesbians are in charge of everything. There you go. All right. So we're going to take an ad break, and then we're going to get back with wins and fails. There's quite a few of them this week. And then your predictions. I want you to go into that more. I want to hear a rant about that. Support for this podcast comes from Constant Contact. If you're a business owner, you already know that it's really, really hard to cut through the noise of everyday life. If you want to connect with your customers, you need to break through the noise. You need Constant Contact. Constant Contact is a marketing platform that makes it easy to reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and connect over email, text, social media, and more. Whether you're a marketing guru or just learning the ropes, Constant Contact offers writing assistance tools and automation features that make it simple to say the right thing at the right time. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. So a little insight on how odd Kara Swisher is. Mm-hmm. You come into my house, you barely say hi. The first thing you do, you go to my refrigerator. <laughs> you open my refrigerator. Then you open all my cabinets yeah. as if you like are going to get, I don't know, some sort of vision into my soul. I did. By looking I was at like, first food. of all, you didn't you buy any of the things. And it just was fascinating. It was all like the elite expensive foods that I expected to be there. Yeah. Yeah. And then she brings the food out and starts playing with all of it. I did. It just, you're There's an pictures odd on the internet. duck, Kara Swisher. I was just trying Anyways. to unnerve you. That's all. You have a beautiful <sighs> apartment. It was very nice lunch. Let's get to mm. our wins and fails. I thought that was a win on my part, frankly, um, that I invaded that? your space and made you feel uncomfortable. That was my goal. No, I, I was comfortable. It was just odd. I know. Odd duck. Something, something weird going on there, Carol. I, I know Anyways. That. Anyway, in any case, uh, what are your wins and losses? What's a, what's a win for you this week? Yours is more interesting. You start. All right. I have a win and a fail together, which is YouTube. We're going to have Susan Wojcicki, who's the CEO of YouTube at Code in yeah. a few days, which you're coming to, on yeah. Monday. We're going to do an interview. Peter Kafka is going to do it. And they had, a, they had several controversies, but one of the things is they moved a lot of extremist stuff off the platform, um, which you think is in response to this federal investigations and stuff like that, because um, YouTube is really the one of the bigger problems for Google. And then they had a back and forth with a Vox employee, Carlos Maza. He has been badly treated by this channel by Steven Crowder, uh, yeah. where he, he, he was just harassing. He was harassing him personally. He's Carlos is gay and just was making all kinds of horrible remarks. I, I show them to you. He also wears a T-shirt that says socialism is for fags T-shirt in many of his videos and his followers. 
have doxxed uh, Maza in the past. And so Maza complained. Uh, it rose to the level of Susan, uh, I think. And so first they decided to back Crowder and say what he was doing was offensive but not uh, against their rules. And then they decided to demonetize him. And then they weren't clear about it because he was making a lot of his monies for these T-shirts that he was selling, all the all the merch, essentially. And yeah. so they then pulled that until he changes his ways, essentially. And I'm not – they weren't very clear on that. So it was a really – it was a win and a fail because it shows how hard it is to deal with these things. And at the same time, they have real live repercussions because a lot of Crowder's followers jumped to Twitter to to give him death threats and things like that. So – now, Susan Wojcicki's not in charge of Twitter. That's Jack Dorsey. But these things bleed all over the place. And so, you know, these this is going to happen again and again with these yeah. uh, companies. So we talked about that. It was really, really problematic on lots of levels, especially for Carlos. Yeah. And there's there's um w- what's interesting is that um, the timing here mm-hmm. uh, in terms of YouTube's all of a sudden newfound concern around this. And that is as opposed to throwing up their arms and saying it's a platform and people have a right to be offensive, et cetera. And we're not a media company. And that is Gary Reback, the lawyer who led the antitrust action against Microsoft in the 90s, said that. It's not the actual antitrust action, but the public scrutiny of the right. company once antitrust is set in motion. And that's largely an excuse because I don't think he got it across the goal line and Microsoft was never actually broken up. Mm-hmm. But there is some value there. And I don't think it's any accident that 48 hours after Well, they the were working DOJ, on it. This is a very complex change in their policies. But go ahead. I don't think it's I don't I think it's a change. I'm not sure it's that complex. I think we've been co-opted into believing this is much more difficult than it is. And I think there's some basic rules that if someone is being mocked that could potentially result in violence. And this kind of this kind of mockery can spin up violence in my view, and it's based on something that they can't control, their ethnicity, their sexuality. Mm-hmm. You just don't engage in that. And and you overcorrect or I don't know what the term is, you err on the side of caution and this notion that we need free speech. I'm not sure that's really adding to the dialogue. That's not discourse around provoking interesting thought or moving us forward. This isn't. I don't see what's so complex about this call. Well, they, you know, it goes Susan. into the free speecher. Like they, they have to be able to say anything, and it's just, he was kidding. He's very interesting. I was watching a lot of them, and they're totally offensive. But he cues to like that he's a comic. I think he is a comic, but it's a really sure. interesting. He's very clever. You know, he's not like Alex Jones was so bad at it. You could see him violating the rules. But this guy is really clever. He's just totally offensive and harassing. But he doesn't. It's just it's he's he makes he's a people like him are a problem for YouTube to figure out, even though they have real life repercussions on someone like Carlos. And so um, it's so what they're doing is these people are gaming the system as it's built. And so it's very hard for anybody to get relief when this is happening. And it happened yeah. with Milo, whatever his name is, um, yeah. with Leslie Jones. Um, and what they have to do is they make these one-off decisions like yeah. that may be high profile, but how do you have a rule? Because, you know, I've heard dozens of different things. Each of one, you could have an, a whole yeah. ethics seminar on 100%. of what to do. So, But the, here's the thing. The, the best processor or decision framework for this is something very expensive, and it's called human nuance. And right. these companies don't want to invest in that. Right. And the New York Times makes these calls all the time. Fox mm-hmm. makes these calls all the time, and they get them wrong all the time. But right. they mostly get them right, right, and they don't throw up their arms and say, oh, we're a platform. Right. Right. And it's, you made the you point know, every, about them being smaller, too, because someone wrote a piece about something I said, which was take down the Pelosi. Like you sh- I said essentially that in a column two weeks ago, I guess. 
in the Times. And someone wrote a piece saying, you know, Fox News got away with a Pelosi video and and was saying, so I made the point that most media companies wouldn't do this. And they said Fox got away. There would be repercussions. But you made an excellent point. I wish I was as smart as you, that they're so yeah, much smaller. You know, these these TV networks, as big as they seem, are so much smaller than the big social networks like Facebook. And it doesn't really matter what they do compared to a Facebook. Well, if you look, even if you look at the election, it, it, basically, if you look at the people on Twitter and you look at MSNBC and Fox, that's about 11 or 12 million people are sort of controlling the debate around politics right mm-hmm. now. We have 350 million people in this country. If you look at what it was a fair point, logically, or the tautology around the argument makes sense. And that is, well, Fox mocks Pelosi, runs the same video. Or similar. Why aren't they held to the same standards? And so that is a fair point. But when Fox puts it out, it's immediately in public view. And usually there's some sort of pushback that affects them from advertisers, and it's sort of screened and starched or not starched fairly quickly. And Fox, the most viewed network in America, reaches 2.4 million people. Average age 67, a 30-year-old accidentally turns on Fox. That means someone 104 is watching. But anyways, <laughs> let's, let's look at the damage there, 2.4 million people. When Facebook runs a doctored video of Pelosi showing that she is potentially impaired, it goes to 1.4 billion monthly active users or daily. I think 1.4 billion people across their networks now log on daily. So you literally have 50 times the potential harm. But we couple that with less regulation and scrutiny than is applied to our traditional media companies. So what do we have here, Kara? We have exponentially more damage, much less the fact that it goes to people individually and they can spread it faster and farther. So you have 50x the damage with what? 10% of the scrutiny. The algorithms here or the ratio of discretion and justice are totally out of proportion. And then Carlos, someone like Carlos has no, like these dot, this doxing, this death threats, this just, you know, and the problem is that they can do that. They move like a mob, like, and I I don't buy into the total mob mentality of it, but in this case, there's no way to adjudicate between them. So it's it's an interesting problem. We'll talk about it with Susan. Um, what is your wins and fails? So just to, just to finish up on this, okay. I think this stuff is hard, but something I tell my kids, when I say my kids, I mean my students, I think <laughs> every organization and every person has to have a code around this stuff. And I, oh, I, I, I go code. after... I go after people professionally, but it begins to leak into personal because I'm angry and inappropriate, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'm guilty of this. I attack people personally. And what I've decided is I need a code around this. And my code is fo- the following. And you know what my code is around personal attacks? Because some of these attacks do feel personal, let's be honest, mm-hmm. is they have to be more powerful than me. And when, when those guys start going after this individual and they go after them in unison and they're using their network and they're, they're jumping platforms... They are going after someone who is less powerful than them. And that means, in my opinion, that they lack code. I I don't think personal attacks should be off limits. We're individuals. I think people should be shamed. But everyone has to have a code around this stuff. And a decent place to start is you don't attack people less powerful than you. Yep, that's true. I think you're right. Um, All right. Win and fail for you. Any? Okay, so my win, FTC and DOJ, I know I've harped on this, but there used to be on average 20 to 30 antitrust actions in the 80s. Now there's two or three a year. Mm -hmm. I think that the it's very easy to be cynical about government employees. Some of the finest legal minds in the world go to work at the DOJ and the FTC. And I think there are so many of them. And I think they have so much character and expertise that they will outlast any administration. Okay. uh, A lot of them have left. A lot of them have left. 
But, you know, welcome back. And I really, and again, don't break my heart. I hope this really amounts to something. It's already having a positive impact. So that's that's my win. All right. What, you have a fail? Yeah, my fail was, uh, I thought Bernie Sanders' grandstanding at the Walmart meeting was a bit of a fail. And that is if Bernie and the rest of the Senate want to do something that would have a more effective change, and that is to, is federal regulation and a law around substantially increasing minimum wage. Right. Bernie Sanders grandstanding. That just goes together. What a shocker, right? That's that's redundant. Redundant. Um, That's redundant. What an egomaniac Uh, that guy is. I'm sorry. Do you, you have a great impression of Bernie oh, Sanders. Bernie, how are you doing? Yeah, I can't do it right yeah. now. But I'll, that I'll, sounds like Barney Frank. Um, Walmart. Like, I have to. I have to. I have to like practice. Yeah, he's just. Uh, I'm sorry. You're you're not a big Bernie. Elizabeth fan? Warren has taken his area. Uh, she's moving in fast. She's so smart. No, she's the uh, who's the, the lady the, geek the, is what she is. No, no, that she's the lady Gaga. Like literally, Madonna sits around and whenever she sees Lady Gaga, she's like <laughs> that bitch. Lady Gaga literally came in and said, "I'm going to be Madonna times three. Yeah, I'm going to be more what? outrageous. Madonna, like, I'm going to go sleep back. with hotter people." Let's go back to not Madonna now, but that's like Elvis oh older and Elvis younger. Madonna Madonna's broke so many amazing barriers oh, for people and did so much astonish. I'm not going to insult the Madonna. She Vogue? was great. Oh, my God. I just, uh, literally, I go home, I listen to Madonna, I put on those bad dance moves, and I am happy. No, I'm just telling I'm you, Madonna d- does not deserve your insults. I'm sorry. I'm no, Lady Gaga about. just basically came in and, and so Elizabeth what? warned she, her. She's, she's, uh, she's on the shoulders, of, you know, the large shoulders, because she was wearing mm-hmm. shoulder pads, but, or those those uh, those military outfits that she liked. A metaphor. So, I'm just saying. But anyways, Walmart, back Back to Walmart. Okay, Walmart's Walmart. in a bit of a tough spot. Most labor is largely yeah. driven on supply and demand dynamics. But unfortunately, in our economy, when you let you outsource the decisions around your labor wages to supply and demand, you end up with 33 percent of American children live in a household that's on food stamps. Yep. And, you know, so there's something wrong here. And Henry Ford decided, even though I have a line around the block for people who will work for two bucks an hour, I'm going to pay them five because I have to support the middle class. But Walmart has such an enormous company, and you know they're the largest private employer in the world. Then any ten cent increase in their wage substantially hits yeah. earnings, and they worry about going into a death spiral in terms of their stock and not having the capital to compete with Amazon. Amazon. So Doug McMillan, who I think is is an incredibly talented and empathetic uh, executive, has said, "Look, raise the minimum wage. That way, our customers have more money, and we can afford to pay our people more. And we can't disarm unilaterally. We just can't." Right, Bernie, you're coming down here, but are you going to show up at every shareholder meeting and try and shame them because these guys again don't want to disarm unilaterally and raise their costs faster than other discount retailers? So I, I thought Senator Sanders is my my lose. Raise the minimum wage, boss. You're in the Senate. Yeah, do what all the states have he done. He doesn't because... ever do anything. He never. He doesn't have like any legislation to his. Is that right? He's not considered legislative, no. legislatively no. I mean, effective. Honestly, he just talks a lot. You know what? Who's who's his lady Gaga is AOC. She's an excellent grandstander. She does it beautifully. Yeah, she's coming. She did it oh several times this week on a number of things with an FDI agent. She took him apart and she did it on something else. She's excellent at it. She asks just the right questions. So. Yeah, she's very good. So she's she, oh Lady Gaga. To By the way, I have my I have a story about AOC and uh, Anand. Okay. So I was at that fancy Vox dinner that yeah. you guys threw mm-hmm. in South by Southwest, and that fancy. I'm like, oh my gosh! I saw her and him sitting next to each other. I'm like, I've got to go meet them. Mm-hmm. And I started walking towards them, 
And they're both so hot. It was like shark repellent, and I couldn't get near them. I'm like, I can't infect them with my ugly. I literally got so intimidated by his hair and her perfect skin, I couldn't get near them. I'll somehow make the introduction, okay? Oh, my God, they're beautiful. I'm going to make the—I have things up my sleeve, so I'll make the introduction. That is crazy. Okay. We'll talk about it later. Um, Prediction? Take— Facebook, Google, and Amazon, you're about to see a 30 to $100 billion increase in market cap over the last, oh. next 90 days as analysts begin doing a hard, serious analysis of a breakup and a sum of the parts analysis, which is actually greater in terms of valuation than they are now. So the market's got it wrong. Look at these stocks to go up somewhere between 5 and 12% over the next 90 days. Once well-regarded analysts, you know, the Mark Mahaney's of the world, start coming out and saying, you know what? They get broken up, the shareholders benefit. Well, that is a I like that. It's very smart, Scott. I'm going to compliment you this Thanks. week. It's Elizabeth Warnish. It's very. I'm glad you're away from Pete Buttigieg and you're back to the smart lady, although he's very smart, too. So Michael he's, Bennett he's is very, very smart. You like all the smart ones. IQ's the new black. What? IQ's the new black. What is? IQ. Smarts. IQ is the new black. All right. Okay. <laughs> Right. Okay. There you go. All right. I'm so glad we started on uh, the nether regions of Scott Galloway and moved on to something more intelligent. But it's time to go. In a few days, we'll be together at the Code Conference, and we're going to do a live pivot, which is going to be fun. Um, So I'll see you there in Arizona, where it's 104. Okay. Is it really 104? Oh, yeah. But it's a dry heat. Yeah, it's dry. (laughs) Good thing you have no hair. It's dry. Thank God. (laughs) Thank God. Anyway, All right, Carol, I'll see you in the Southwest. It, is Megan McCain coming? Is what? Megan McCain coming? No. I'm no? I think I'm of about, Arizona. I think of her. No. no. Sorry. Okay. She sorry. lives in New York. I want a anyway. McCain there. You want a what? I want a McCain there. Bring I, a McCain. I, I have no McCain. That's the only thing I know about Arizona. I'm going to sail in the USS John McCain so Trump doesn't show up. Anyway. Camila Salazar produced our show today. Nishad Kurwa is Pivot's executive producer. Thanks also to Eric Johnson. Thanks for listening to Pivot from Vox Media. We'll be back next week for another breakdown of all things tech and business live from the Code Conference. Make sure you subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts so you can listen to that great episode. And if you like this week's episode, leave us a review. more to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.